Hello and welcome back to Big Les's League and all a rugby league experience. I'm your host, Big Les. We're going to be going through all the games from the weekend and what a weekend of footy it was. It was really enjoyable to watch. Some close games, some blowouts. It was a really good week of rugby league. We'll get started with the first game Thursday night. It was Manly v. The Knights. Obviously, Manly got the win here. The score being 30-6. to six. Possession. The Manly Seagulls had 51% possession uh, compared to the Newcastle Knights having 49%. Total time in possession for both teams is quite similar. Pretty much 37 seconds between them with the Manly Seagulls having 25 minutes and 37 seconds whilst Newcastle only having 25 minutes. In terms of the completion rates, Manly completed 76% in total, 32 out of 42 sets, whilst the Newcastle Knights, 69% completed sets with uh, 29 out of 42 sets completed there. So uh, pretty decent by both teams, not the best by the Newcastle Knights. It was a real game that was somewhat entertaining. Both teams were unable to score in the first few minutes. Towards the halfway mark of this one, Dominic Young nearly scored, but an obstruction was called. Um, it was taken off with a quad injury, unfortunately. They had to do a bit of reshuffling. And this is when it got really bad for Newcastle because they had about five guys taken off with injuries during this game. So it's going to be a bit tougher to pick a side next week. Um, but Dylan Walker, short ball to Andrew Davey after that to score the try. And then Manly were pretty much on a roll after that. Carlin Pollard came off as well uh, with an injury. Not sure if it's the same one that he just came back from. Hopefully not. Um, from what I know, it was a concussion. So hopefully it's just a concussion and that wasn't a sort of cover-up for any other injury that he might have. Uh, hopefully, Kalen Ponga is playing next week. But yeah, Newcastle looked quite ordinary, and rightfully so. They had a half of their team pretty much taken off the field. Not half of their team, but most of their guys, five guys taken off the field. I guess the Newcastle bench, pretty lonely with the amount of injuries that they had. There wasn't even a bench at the back end of that game as well. It was really unfortunate for Newcastle. They looked good in stints. Before halftime especially, but uh, the knock-on, there was a knock-on by Bradman Best. There was a bunch of other things that went wrong. It was quite unfortunate with how this game ended. I thought in a side without Tom Travojevic, the Newcastle Knights were going to win that game, uh, but that obviously wasn't the case. Phoenix Crossland, he looked grouse in that game. He looked so good. He was in some good form there. So was Kurt Mann. So was Jake Clifford. Uh, good performances by those guys. Clune came off injured as well, and then he was on, and then he was off. There was a bit of drama there with Adam Clune in terms of a leg injury. KP came back on and scored as well. Uh, the Newcastle, they looked like they were sort of getting back into a rhythm, but that wasn't the case, really. They did get beaten 30-6 to in this game. Uh, and while they did try, and while at the back end of that game, they really started to play some good footy, it just wasn't... Wasn't meant to be that win, and it was only a four-point difference until the back end of that game where Manly just started scoring try after try. The Randall try got denied as well due to a knock-on. Uh, 14 penalties for the Knights after a certain time as well. It was just, it wasn't going well. It wasn't going well. I know there was more than that, but it was after a certain time just watching the game, I had 14 penalties written down against the Knights, which wasn't very helpful whatsoever. Uh, but both teams looked quite decent. Manly looked 
the best. And the better team won. And that was Manly in this one. Kyle Lawton as well scored. And then it was just try after try after try. Dylan Walker off the bench was sensational for Manly. He really had an impact on that side. And that's what got Manly the win in this one. As we move on to the Warriors v. the Cowboys, that was the next game after this one on your Friday night. Uh, Pretty good game this one. Again, I thought the Cowboys were going to come out and win this one. Uh, That wasn't the case. In terms of possession, the Warriors actually had less possession than the Cowboys. Both teams played really well. I just want to say that before we keep going. Both teams in this game played equally as well. It was just unfortunate that... Uh, For the Cowboys, it was unfortunate that Sean Johnson got that field goal to win the game for the Warriors. But for Warriors' sake, it was a great win by them and a heroic one at that. Great stuff to Sean Johnson for kicking that field goal there. Um, But possession, as I said, uh, the Warriors had 45% to the Cowboys' 55%. Uh, in total time of possession for the Cowboys was 30 minutes and 26 seconds, while for the Warriors, it was 24 minutes and 36 seconds. And in terms of the completion rate, it was an 82% completion rate from the Warriors, 33 out of 40 sets, while for the Cowboys, it was 92, a whopping 92% completion rate. Uh, with 38 out of 41 sets completed. So you could tell, you could tell that the Cowboys were on a bit of a roll here. Both teams came out and had a awesome, awesome game. It was really entertaining to watch. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time, waiting to see how this game would go, and I could not predict it for the life of me. It was a really, really entertaining game. I thought that Scott Drinkwater was sensational, and I reckon he'll grab that number one jersey, even if that means... That he pushes off the hammer. If he pushes off the hammer and he gets that number one jersey, I'm not going to be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if when the hammer does come back, he'll be on the wing. Scott Drinkwater, he made that side look much, much more organized. So great stuff there from Scott Drinkwater. He was definitely my man of the match for that game. He was unreal. Adam Fanua Blake as well in that game was sensational. He was... He's been putting some good efforts in there for the Warriors in the front row. He's been notching up heaps of meters, uh, getting through a lot of work in defense as well. So Adam Fanil Blake, big shout out to him. But Scott Drinkwater for me, he was the main one. He looked really, really comfortable in that fullback jersey. Sean Johnson, though, lots and lots and lots of credit to him for putting in the icing on the cake for that game and getting his side the win, even though... They had less possession and less completed sets as well. So great effort there for Sean Johnson to get the win. The game after that was the Broncos v. the Roosters. And thought that the Billy Walters and Adam Reynolds combination really did suit well. And I think it would suit them uh, for the rest of the season if they do choose to go down that route. But yeah, a very interesting game here. A bit of a strange one when you look at the possession because, again, it's another win here with less possession and less completed sets. You look at the possession here, it was 52% possession from the Broncos while 48% went to the Roosters. We look at the time in possession, the Broncos had exactly 29 minutes and 31 seconds with the footy in their hands whilst the Sydney Roosters had 26 minutes and 14 seconds there with the footy in their hands. Completion rate was 83% there, 35 out of 42 sets for the Brisbane Broncos versus 71% 
from the Roosters, 30 out of 42 sets completed. I think regardless of the stats, the Roosters were definitely the better team on the night for me. The Broncos definitely came out well and started really well. The Roosters, they did get the win here and they got it really, really well. Uh, Victor Radley, Joseph Manu, Sam Walker, just some of the standouts for me. But it was a really good win by the Roosters here and... The Broncos could have taken it for sure, but it was really unfortunate. There was only a six-point contest. Sam Walker getting the winning goal there as well. Great, great game of footy. We move on to the Raiders v. The Storm with some good signs from the Raiders. The Storm, they just looked unreal. And the Storm, do what the Storm do. We look at the stats here. Possession was 49% from the Raiders with 25 minutes and 55 seconds with the ball versus... 51% there from the Melbourne Storm with 26 minutes and 11 seconds with the ball. Completion rates. The Storm completed 82% of their sets with 33 out of 40 sets completed. Whilst the Canberra Raiders, they had 67% completed sets with 27 out of 40 of their sets completed. Regardless of that, I thought Raiders really stuck into this game, especially at the back end. And they looked like they were going to come back with this one. And... I love watching the Raiders and the Storm play because the Raiders always stand up against the Storm and are one of the teams that can beat the Storm and beat them uh, convincingly sometimes. But it really was an entertaining game of football and I really, really enjoyed this one. Uh, the Raiders working together as a unit looked really good. The Melbourne halves, though, were sensational in creating for their team and uh, that's what probably got them the win in this one. Just the really good work there from the halves. Um, the game was quite close in the scheme of things, but, you know, Munster, Hughes, as I said, these guys really standing up for their team. It was They were just electric and, yeah, great signs from both teams, but uh, the Storm did get the win here and they got it quite well. At the end of the day, if you want to beat the Melbourne Storm, you've got to complete your sets, kick to corners, it is, and play out of your skin. The Raiders played quite well, but I don't think they did enough to beat the Melbourne Storm in this one. The next game here is the South Sydney Rabbitohs taking on the St. George Illawarra Dragons. South Sydney started off really well in this game with Cook and Campbell Graham performing really well. You wouldn't believe this, guys, but the possession count was 50-50, 50, 50% by 50%. However, if we're talking time, if we're talking time with footy in the hands, the South Sydney Rabbitohs had 27 minutes and 8 seconds and the St. George Illawarra Dragons had 27 minutes and 30 seconds. So it was 25 seconds difference. But obviously, from this we can see that the St. George Illawarra Dragons had 25 seconds more possession than the South Sydney Rabbitohs. And so very, very tight, very equal uh, possession there. We look at the completion rate. 72% completion rate there from the South Sydney Rabbitohs, 31 out of 43, a little bit better than last week compared to the Dragons, 67% with 29 out of 43 sets completed. There was a lot of errors in this game and some parts did look a bit scrappy. I thought Latrell Mitchell started off the game well. I know he came off a bit later, 14 minutes in, unfortunately with a hamstring injury that could see him out for a month. Regardless, I have a lot of confidence in Tarf, especially after that game. He looked quite good as well. Uh, but great stuff there from the Rabbitohs to get the win here. As for the Dragons, I thought there were some great signs there from them, which kept them in the game, to be honest. As I said, a bit scrappy, but both teams held on. But 
South Sydney getting the win there, and I'm very happy as a South fan that they did. The game after that was the Titans v. the Eels. I do feel a bit sorry for Titans fans here not getting the win, but it was just a masterclass from Parramatta. Clint Gutherson, take a bow. King Gutho, they don't call you that for nothing, mate. You were sensational in this game. He was pretty much in everything. He was everywhere. He was just everywhere, and it was very entertaining to watch. The whole side played extremely well regardless of the scoreline. Titans had some good signs as well, which kept them in this one. But Moses, Brown, Gutho, unreal. AJ Brimson, I thought for the Titans, played quite well as well. We look here again. Possession count, 48% possession for the Titans here. 25 minutes and 51 seconds with ball in hand. For the Eels, it was 52, 52, ladies and gentlemen, percent possession with 27 minutes and 52 seconds with ball in hand. Completion rate. Now, this is what's going to shock you. The Titans actually completed more sets by 1%, by 1%. It was 35 out of 43 sets completed there for your Titans with 81%. Completed In terms of the yields, it was 80% completed with 32 out of 40 sets completed in this one. Great performance from the yields. I don't really have to say much more about it. They came out and played really well in this game, and that is what got them the win. Uh, but as I said, I do feel, feel sorry for Titans fans that they did lose this game. It was a really good game to watch regardless. Tigers v. Sharks. Now, unfortunately... The Tigers pretty much performed exactly how I thought they would. The Sharks had an unreal game with Nico Hines really standing out in that one. In terms of the possession, 56% possession to the Sharkies with 29 minutes and 47 seconds with ball in hand, whereas the Tigers had 44% possession with 23 minutes and 5 seconds with ball in hand. Completion rate for the Sharkies, it was 70% with 36 out of 51 sets completed with the Tigers, 65% completion rate with 25 out of 38 sets completed there. Look, unfortunate that the Tigers couldn't hold on in this one and I think that will unfortunately be the story of the Tigers this season. I thought Dale Finucane got heavily involved with this one with 13 hit-ups for 113 metres. And the entire back line ran for nearly 200 metres. I thought that was a huge stat there for the Sharkies. You can really tell the stuff that Craig Fitzgibbon is implementing into their training. They're really starting to play some great football. For a halfback, anything over around 70 metres is unreal. Nico Hines ran for... 148 metres, which is first class, especially for a seven. As for the Tigers, Joe Offerhang, Gowie, and Luciano Leilua impressed me in this one, and they led the run metres with Offerhang, Gowie, running for 145 metres, and Luciano for 133. Kemamalo was the lone try scorer with 113 metres as well. Uh, Jesse Raymond and Talakai, the two centres for the Sharkies, they played very well with Ramian notching up a try and two try assists and Talakai with some strong carries and 162 metres there. So great performance from the Sharkies. Uh, a little bit of stats there for you for that game as well. I thought 
I may as well be the stat man for these last two games. Um, but we move on to the last game of the round, being the Penrith Panthers v. the Canberra-Bankstown Bulldogs. Very entertaining game. I watched the entire game, and it was extremely entertaining. thought that the Bulldogs had a much better performance than they did last week. Even though they didn't end up with the win, they still performed to a high standard. I thought Josh Carr was getting much earlier ball, which I think is really essential if they want to start winning games, the Bulldogs. Give him some early ball. Give him some space. Let him run around. Let him set up some tries. That's what Josh Carr does. Let that speed go. You know, you can't just keep containing him on the wing there. And I thought that they really gave him some good service this game. And um, there was one try set up there for Joe Stimson, which was unreal as well. So great stuff there from Josh Adokar. And he was really the standout for the Bulldogs in this one for me. I uh, really put on a good show. The Panthers also put on a real show and came out strong, getting the win in this one. Dylan Edwards was sensational yet again with a try and 212 metres, 19 runs and six tackle breaks. We were talking about Josh Adokar and his impact on this game. One of three players in his team to run over 100 metres. Now, this sort of tells you the game that the Bulldogs had. Um, Even though they played much better than last week, when only three guys in your team are running over 100 metres, and that's including the wingers and the backs. It's a little bit concerning, but Josh Adokar, one of the only guys to run over 100 metres in that game with 146. Isaac Targo, I thought, was a freak, and he's probably one of my favourite players at the moment in that Penrith Panthers kit. He ran for 176 metres, one offload and one try assist, but he was pretty much heavily involved in this win in this game. He was sensational, Isaac Targo. In terms of the possession, the Bulldogs had 42% Possession compared to the Panthers, 58%. 20 minutes and 56 seconds for the Bulldogs with ball in hand. Uh, And then for the Panthers, it was 28 minutes and 59 seconds with ball in hand uh, in total. Completion rate for the Bulldogs, it was 72% with 26 out of 36 uh, sets completed in this one compared to the Penrith Panthers, 83% completion rate with 36 out of 43 sets completed there. We move on to NRL Fantasy. I scored 706 points in that one. Uh, It was 30 points more than in round four, so very happy with that one. Uh, And then the tips, I got six out of eight. The only ones I got wrong, I tipped Newcastle over Manly at the start of the week, and then I tipped the North Queensland Cowboys over the Warriors as well. Two classic mistakes there. I guarantee you a lot of people would have got those two wrong as well. Uh, very happy with that. Six out of eight. Um, and fantasy, a 706. That's much better than what I've been getting in past rounds. So very happy with that one as well. I think I won in my league. So very, very happy. Um, but there you go, guys. That is your round five review. Thank you for choosing Big Lezzers League and all rugby league experience. I recommend this podcast to a friend. And I'll see you guys in the next one. One.